Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Believe in Sports Business, Sports Media. Tom Hofarth, Los Angeles Times, Sports Business Journal. I am Fred Wallen, and we'd love your emails uh, as we do this show every week or basically every week on Believe. Uh, the email would be uh, sportsfred at AOL.com, sportsfred at AOL.com. And, Tom, I think there's really only one story from the sports realm this week in Southern California, Monday, of course, at the Staples Center. Give me your comments about the show. And, again, I'm not religious. The religious people, I presume, think everybody will meet again. All I know is Kobe was 42 and Gigi was 13. Take it from there. Well, it was... Um... I didn't want to watch it because I didn't think I wanted to go through that process. But I guess there was a lot of healing involved. And what I think you find out in these public ceremonies is more about what the speakers take away from the person who's not there anymore. And I think that's the kind of thing that I that kind of drew me to it eventually. When you hear Gino Ariema talk about the fact that he brought his daughter to visit the campus of UConn and then stayed out of the way and let her have that moment with the players and and really was sold on this is where she wanted to go. And then to hear Michael Jordan talk about him as a little brother who always was pestering him for information and you always thought of these two as, as rivals who couldn't even get along, you know, because of their, their temperament and their, their, their desire to be the best of all time. And then you find out that really, you know, they eventually like-minded, so like-minded that they could get information from each other and then really sort of teach each other. You you almost feel like it's this Plato-Aristotle relationship in how they kind of gave information. And then going back to Gino again, when when Kobe calls him up to talk about how do you coach girls, and and Gino was taken aback by this is a guy like he wants information about how to how to be coachable, how to pass the ball. You know, this is kind of funny, and and so you can sort of dig into the fact that we all sort of knew Kobe had his own ideas about how to take his own shot and as and then <laughs> keep the ball, as as Shaq alluded to later in his in his uh, testimony. But um, overall, I think it was really this combination of a father and a daughter who had this bond, who had this uh, this like-minded drive. And for them to go at the same time, I think that's what really made this a special event. And it was only two hours long, but it was it was such a, a well orchestrated event. It was not, uh, which I feared it would be like a Grammy award show, or kind of be over the top, like a Michael Jackson tribute or a, you know a Nipsey Hussle tribute. But it really, I think it was measured correctly and. Those who I talked to really got a lot out of it. And one of the stories I was working on recently was the Salesian High School over in East L.A. Their, their boys' basketball team is playing for a CIF title for the first time in forever, like 60-something years. But um, Tim Harris of the Lakers has kind of learned about their story. And so he invited them 
to the the memorial and gave them a suite. So here's you know two dozen high school kids that would never have been in the Staples Center at all now get to see this ceremony and they get to see what kind of a man Kobe is and then they kind of internalize it because you know when I start my family I want to be a good father I want to be known as a good father and a good human being and I don't want to be known as you know someone who is selfish and and all the lessons that kids can take away from this I thought was you know something I never considered but it makes sense because kids are so impressionable and if Kobe was your idol and you idolized him for this Mamba mentality and everything he ex- exemplified on the court, the examples he set off the court as a retired player maybe were far more powerful for his legacy. So I think in the long run it was good that this was on. It would be great to show this as sort of an educational thing to kids as, you know, how do you want to be remembered? Um, and if, if if you can be honored in this way, I think it's it's all the more better for anyone to just to get a to get a taste of what this memorial is all about, and and really did kind of unite the city. I was telling these kids from Salesian High School in East LA, you know, yeah, you know, I come from a whole different area of Long Beach, and it felt like we were sort of united, just talking about all the things that we saw at this at this Kobe ceremony. So um, that's kind of my takeaway from it. I don't. Did you end up watching it? Did you get something out of it? Oh, I watched it uh, two or three times. Uh, the last time. Oh wow. Well. With my wife, uh, you tear up. You, there's nothing you can do except tear up. Right. I mean, uh, you remember forever where, where you were January 26th, that Sunday morning. Uh, you know, ironically, a lot of the newspapers today ran uh, the story of Hank Gathers, and I knew where I was on uh, March 4th, uh, 1990. <clears throat> I was before Absolutely. I was married. I was, with a, uh, I was before I was married. I was with a gorgeous woman, and I saw the... Uh, Hank Gathers drop on the floor. At that point, I didn't care about the gorgeous woman. And um, <laughs> no, I mean, it was like, uh, ironically, it was 30 years ago. Iola's going to uh, memorialize him again. And, uh, you know, the story of the, the tournament and the story of uh, uh, Kimball shooting left-handed and, and and the whole thing. But uh, And then, of course, you know, you look back uh, to November 7th, uh, 1991, you know, when Magic announced that uh, he was HIV positive. And I, I want to tell you something. There's nobody that I know that would have believed, let's see, that was 9 and 20, that's 29 years ago, um, that magic would still be above ground. Twenty, you know, with, Absolutely. With, with what we knew about HIV at that time, I mean, it was like, you know, Reagan wouldn't even mention the, the initials and, you know, you know, the whole routine. And so uh, magic's with us, gathers not, uh, uh, Kobe. And, and you look at that gorgeous little 13-year-old and you say to yourself, yeah, I have a hunch this one would have been maybe an all-time women's basketball player at Connecticut, most likely, and whatever the case might be. She just had, you know, she just looked like the precocious type that, you know, Kobe and and, and Vanessa had taught well, and you, you think maybe that it really would have happened. And so, yeah, I agree with you. When uh, Oriyama spoke, and then, uh, of course, uh, Michael Jordan, who I was totally shocked uh, that he'd be right. there. I didn't, I, did you know that they had that kind of relationship? Not at all. I mean, the only thing I knew going in was that Jimmy Kimmel was going to host it, and I knew the three singers who were going to be, and I thought, well, this sounds, you know, just kind of like this over-the-top thing. And I I had no idea Jordan would even get up to speak, let alone what he was going to say. I mean, I thought he was just kind of there. And then, you know, I'm glad you brought up the Hank Gathers thing, because it is an important ceremony on Saturday before Loyola's game against USF, that they're, they're, they're honoring the 30th anniversary of that Elite Eight run, and, and Coach Westhead will be there with the team, and 
you know, I've seen video of Hank's mom looking at the creation of the statue, and she's just overcome with emotion all over again. And and I was there during all that, too. I went to Loyola Marymount my first year, and I feel a real connection to that school. And this was only, you know, about 10 years after I attended there. And I, I attended that funeral, and it was in, it was just crazy. It just it, it just was I, it was just so hard to comprehend, and I exactly remember where I was, too. And I'm, I was telling these kids, too, in high school, you're going to remember exactly where you are for these major moments and how much of an impact this is going to make on you, where are you going to take away from it, where are you going to, how is this going to affect the way you want to live your life. So it, it's a very powerful moment to talk to kids about that now, 30 years later. And a lot of them didn't know who Ink Gathers was, and, I was, and it was nice that I could sort of you know, update them on, on that whole story and, and kind of equate how I related the Kobe story to them, how I felt about Hank Gathers at that time. That's Tom Hofarth, Los Angeles uh, Times and the uh, Sports uh, LA Business Journal and uh, Sports Journal. I have some great stuff in that. And uh, I am Fred Wallen with you on Believe as we do this show almost every week. And uh, we'd love your input uh, by emailing us at sportsfred at AOL.com, sportsfred at AOL.com. All right. Sadness uh, in this segment of the show now over, hopefully. And uh, although UCLA might lose tonight to uh, uh, Arizona State, who's won seven in a row. Now, Tom and I have a wager. We have wagered one penny. Tom indicates that um, UCLA, I, I, I said that UCLA would not go better than one and two in the final three regular season games. Now, they've got uh, Arizona State tonight. Over the weekend, it's Arizona. Then it's at the Galen Center against USC. I say they won't go better than one and two tom you think they'll do better than that make your case i at least think they're going to go two and one i at least think they're going to avenge the usc loss because usc for some reason is just not is just not flying at this point they just i don't know what's missing from their from their uh, makeup because they've been stuck on 19 wins now for a while and they can't get over the top they're 0 and 4 against top 25 teams and ucla at this point Something is clicking, and when you're a team at this point and something's working for you, you've got to go with the hot hand. And I think they're going to show that having these two games against Arizona State and Arizona at home, they'll, they'll, I, I would not be surprised if they swept just because of the way they're playing. And then the USC game is a toss-up, but it could go either way. But I, I do think that, that UCLA is going to be motivated to get revenge for that because they did not believe they were a good game that first time. So then you go to the tournament, and if you UCLA obviously could very well be the number one seed in the Pac-12. So, you know, they'll, they'll get a little bit of a cushion, a little bit of rest. Maybe they play USC one more time in that. But they've really elevated themselves to, to be on a bubble team, and I think they've passed USC at this point. And um, – whether it's it's Cronin's coaching is finally kicking through, whether Smith is kind of woken up, I, I you know kids are kids, and and whatever happens, it's hard to judge, you know when something finally clicks for them, and and when you see it happen, it's magic, and I and I I really think that this is happening. At the same time, USC is 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 kind of not not grabbing onto anything, so. Um, yeah, put, I'll put I'll put two pennies down if that makes a difference. <laughs> I'll double I'll double that one. All right, the Bruins, 8 o'clock tonight at Pauley Pavilion, where they may draw 11,000, they're saying, or 12,000. And, of course, they're right. averaging they're averaging uh, under six at this point. Uh, if they get the uh, two sellouts uh, against the Arizona schools, they'll end up like at seven. And uh, that'll still be uh, based on uh, past uh, history of UCLA attendance. Horrible, horrible, horrible. But here's the deal. No, I said here's the deal. I promised myself I'd shoot myself if I did. Joe Biden ah. says that so often that he now it's got that into my head. All right, the bottom, 
Uh, he's, he, he is demented. Okay, the bottom line. Here's the, bottom, the deal, Fred. The, here, the deal is to stop saying that. you got to stop saying it. That's the deal. Or, or i got to stop saying him. Um, there you go. And I hope it happens soon. And um, That's maybe I don't think that'll be after South Carolina, maybe after next Tuesday. But anyway, no, he'll never quit. Uh, but, no. but, but, but the other side of it is uh, it's on the Pac-12 network. I've got DirecTV still. We've talked about this all the time. And now your athletic director at USC, Mike Bones, has indicated USC may go independent. And the reason he wants to go independent they're not making as much as schools and other conferences because they are not on DirecTV. And in this case, you know you know what I think of DirecTV, folks. I have it because I have it for 25 years, but believe me, it's beyond belief. But the point is that in this case, DirecTV is right because uh, obviously Larry Scott, when he went to DirecTV years ago, said, I want to be on the basic sports, ch- the basic sports uh, package and the other networks, the other uh, uh, conferences are not on that. They're on the special premier sports uh, side of it, including, uh, of course, the ACC, SEC, and the Big Ten. And, and if they put uh, the Pac-12 on a special uh, situation where they have more viewers automatically, the other conferences are going to be screen bloody murder. So in this case, I agree with DirecTV, and that's why they're only making, I guess, $30, $35 million per year uh, per school in the Pac-12. Do you think USC is going to go? Uh, independent, or is it just a, a way of maybe, uh, I don't know, churning uh, Larry Scott into actually calling DirecTV up again and say, okay, I'll come in like the other conferences? Well, it's, it takes an outsider like him to, to do some saber-rattling, and I think that that's what the Pac-12 needs. They need some outsiders to finally come in and say, this is not how we are used to dealing with things. We're not used to, to giving away money. We're not used to... We expect much, much more out of this conference. And could USC survive as an independent? I bet they could, just like Notre Dame has. I mean, you align yourself in certain ways with your schedules. Football, definitely, they could be independent. The rest of the sports, I think they could easily, you know, make it work. But there are very few schools that can actually sort of make that statement and be taken seriously, and I think USC is one of them. So, um, you know, good for him to sort of to bring that out and break that that thought out because, you know, for a long time, Pac- USC has carried the Pac-12, and, and lately they haven't just because of the quality of their play. But financially, being in Los Angeles, USC and UCLA are, are really what the Pac-12 is all about, back when it was the Pac-10, back when it was the Pac-8. I mean, back, you know, before it was even any of those things. And uh, I, I, it's money. Money speaks. And USC has the money, and USC, you know, is now have a, a huge endowment enough to where they're saying that anybody anybody who wants to qualify for their school and makes less than $80,000 a year income is is going to qualify because we have these people who can put the money up and you know they're not in that financial situation that UCLA's athletic department is that we talked about last week so why not why not do some chess something and see what comes out of it because uh the least the the very least that comes out of it is that USC sort of asserts itself and says, listen, we want to be the top dog again, and we're not going to stand for this arrangement. And when your contract, your Pac-12 network comes up in a couple of years and you really have to, to, to you know, go begging again and, and you know, uh, try to see if, uh, who wants to be a partner with you, whether it's ESPN or, or Fox or somebody wants to be a partner, as with, as with every other conference, and you want to stay independent, then USC can say, well, we're going to declare our own independence and see what happens. And this could all tie into the, to the whole NCAA, uh, you know, 
name, image, and, and likeness uh, issue that's going to be played out in the in the courts over the next year or two, especially in California. So, um, you know, why not? Why not see what happens? And and I I, I, I give them a better fifty fifty chance of going independent and being successful. So, um, I I'm, I'm all for it. Well, I hope it's just a bluff, and I hope that uh, Larry Scott learns his lesson. I think he goes back to uh, DirecTV, and I hope by next year the uh, Pac-12 is uh, with DirecTV. And, of course, by then I'll have switched to uh, uh, Spectrum, so it won't really matter. I but, hope uh, so. I hope so. Life's right, too short to live with a miserable cable provider or all right, dish uh, provider. Uh, finally, uh, USC, uh, one of three schools in America of the 150 Division One schools in football, that have never played a Division II school, and that's UCLA, Notre Dame, and USC. And USC almost was going to play UC Davis. Now they switched to San Jose State. Was it pressure, or why did they switch? Again, new athletic director. He's heard people from alumni saying this is just unacceptable. We don't need to play UC Davis. Why are we doing this? And when you look at those who've recently been let go of the athletic department, they were fine with this. They didn't think that that was something that was worth falling on your sword for, as as one assistant athletic director put it, who's no longer working there. And it was. It was a, it was a slap to USC's uh, history. And the fact that San Jose State was available to then pick up that game, I mean, they should have just taken a bye week and get a, instead of UC Davis. It's, it would have been embarrassing to play UC Davis. And and the fact that there's only three schools left kind of shows that they've risen above all that. The SEC is kind of a joke when you look at their annual schedules, football schedules, because they always have at least one, maybe even two Division two or three team that they play in. And, and it's just embarrassing for them. But Good for USC again to to say we're not. This is not what we're all about. We, you know, if we're going to charge X amount for tickets, and our season tickets holders aren't going to show up, we don't want to play UC Davis in front of twenty thousand people. That that would just just be an insult to everybody. So good for them for for stepping forward on this. I don't think there's any question. And I have to go back to last week, uh, uh, folks. If you heard last week's show, big baller. A LeVar Ball <laughs> did get back in existence, and during the week, uh, my wife and I did go to Big Five, and no, I couldn't find Big Baller shoes for $499, but I did find Dr. Skoll, Dr. Scholl's for $29.95. I did buy a pair, so um, I'm sorry, LeVar Ball. I'm sorry, Big Ballers, but I did not go in your direction. Any final comment as far as that is concerned, Mr. Tom Hofarth? Uh, eBay. eBay is where you're going to find the big baller shoes. But actually, I do have one comment. I, it's kind of a, a tease here. Um, my next story that I'm working for for the L.A. Business Journal is an uh, interview with Stan Kroenke, who doesn't give very many interviews. And we're trying to arrange the logistics of this because, as you probably know, he's known as Silent Stan. He just does not like to do media, media interviews. So he's in the process. He wants to see what questions are going to be asked. He's going to give us X amount of time. So we're actually going to sit face-to-face and, and talk to the, the man, you know, the, the owner of the Rams and, and the new stadium and everything. So maybe next week when we have this uh, podcast, I'll have some, you know, some kind of exclusive information about, you know, where what he's thinking what he expects from the team, what he expects from doing business in Los Angeles. So I'm kind of excited about that. And $135 million for his quarterback. Uh, Tom Hofarth, <laughs> as usual, fantastic job right here on Believe and Sports Business Sports Media. And uh, we again shall talk to you next week. Absolutely. Thanks, Fred. Folks, email us uh, right here at sportsfred at AOA.com, sportsfred at AOA.com. Thank you, Scott, for putting this uh, podcast together, and we'll see you around the corner right here, Sports Biz, Los Angeles, and Believe. Bye, everybody.
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.